We're live now? Okay, we're live. Hey, Sorry. how about that? I didn't know. It was, he, okay, he said it was coming. First, they're like, can you wear the least professional clothes you have yes. in your closet? Hey, what a night at the fights. Bellator 277. Luke, this is right? my uh, colleague. He's homeless, and we took him in because we felt poor or badly about him. We felt badly about him. But how are you doing, Brian? Uh, jokes Thomas aside, here. this is Morning Combat, and this is your Bellator 277 instant reaction show. Ooh, what a night Hold from on. San Jose, Luke. The, the highs, the lows. The good, the bad, the ugly, and the in-between in, in elite MMA. A tentpole event, if you will, Scott Coker. Yes. And it delivered some thrills and a lot to talk about. A here. lot of controversy here tonight. So we'll talk about the results from the rematch between A.J. McKee and Patricio Pitbull. We'll, of course, get into the results of the light heavyweight World Grand Prix and a couple of the other notes from the card. So obviously, if you're here, you don't want spoilers, but or you don't care. But if no, you do if, want... If you're watching this people video... People get bitter, dude. People uh, get bitter when I say... What are you going to watch? Just preview the fight after it happens? I, know, I mean, what are you get, doing here? It's just they get unimaginably bitter. Uh, we, okay. So let them get, know, though. We're in Arlington, Texas right now. We are, we are in Arlington, Texas. Thumbs up on the video. Please hit subscribe if you'd be so kind. Um, all right. So let's be open with the main event, right? Here we go. The results are as follows. Patricio Pitbull defeats AJ McKee. The scores are already the subject of intense debate. 49, 46 on one scorecard, 48, 47 yep. on, on the two other two. Of the others. A so unanimous decision yes. for the former champ. Luke, let me take it back from you right now, okay? No, no, you, gotta, you have to start with how you scored it. How'd you score it? How about, how about I start with the with the headline here? How about you start with some pants, okay. which you Patricio failed to do. Which you Pitbull, failed to do. The 34-year-old legend, the face of Bellator's history, now 6-0 in rematches. Yeah, he's remarkable. A three-time featherweight world champion. Just beating the guy who just beat him to become the biggest thing that ever happened to Bellator. What a turn of scoring aside, okay? We talk about Devinson Figueredo at the same age coming back with that big win against Brandon Moreno and their rematch. How about this? How about the, the Brazilian juggernaut, the savage, regardless of the scoring, pulling this out? That's a man out there tonight. He had a remarkable performance. Completely disciplined from the word go. Strong investment in the leg kick. It's really what I think won him the majority of those three rounds. Although some of the stuff, chase him. And he did. You know, it, it early, the early going of the first and second round a little bit reminded me of the second fight between Max and Volk, the one that I not so famously but stupidly tweeted that I'd seen many, many times. The point being is one of the adjustments there that the team, the team Max did was they waited on Volkanovski to blitz them a little bit more than trying to chase them down. And you actually saw that with Patricio, with AJ McKee, and it worked actually really well for him. Um, he was able to counterbox a lot better, again, invest in the leg kick, changing up the rhythm, changing up the location. Dude, it was, and he didn't, he didn't, uh, phenomenal takedown defense. Now, once he got pressed up against the fence, I did think there was a strength difference and a grappling strength difference. Um, and so he, you did see uh, AJ McKee have some success there. But wouldn't you agree overall, that was a disciplined, researched, yes. well-executed performance Most important, look, look, Patricio Pitbull won this fight in the first three rounds. And I think the scoring, I'm going to that's check, how I had it. I'm gonna have to check out how the judges scored it. Yes, how I scored it. Three rounds to two in favor of Pitbull. I'll give the final two rounds to McKee. I do believe it could have been gone either way in the end because I believe there were swingish rounds, although I think Pitbull did the better work overall. But if you ask me how he, win, how he won this fight, Luke, yep. it's what he did in those first three rounds to not only make McKee chase him, McKee the, the more dynamic striker who can seemingly sort of invent moves out of nowhere. I mean, we saw early on in that first two minutes from the opening spin kick from McKee that he can pull out spinny shit, some wild shit that you've never seen before. So how did Pitbull counteract that? 
by staying in the middle, making McKee chase, but most importantly, making him pay that toll when he did cross the line. Sometimes that toll was in calf strikes, sometimes it was counter right hands, but everything was heavy, and that was the key. This wasn't a high output turnout either way, and unfortunately, Luke, I don't know what the fans in the Shark Tank in San Jose, you know, arguably one of the best home bases of pure MMA fans in the game, I don't know what they were booing out there. This rematch gave us the answers yeah, to key questions that, that we needed, not only about where A.J. McKee is really at, this, this star on the rise in the making already here, uh, 27 years old, but what it would look like if they both had to constantly make changes for the other. We got that. We got high-level changes. This was my shit. I love this fight. People say, how could you love this fight? It was slow. It was slow, but it was tactical, and it was constant adjustments. And for the first three rounds, it was Pitbull setting a tone. That let's give McKee credit when Pitbull faded a bit in four and five. He made it close, but I'm comfortable with three rounds to do for Pitbull, and this is a hella tough performance. Uh, incredible performance, and really it speaks to, I mean, something it's, that gets tossed around that is oversold as almost like a phony way to prop yourself up, but it, it, there is a kernel of truth to it, and it should be reminded that when fighters lose a fight and then they say to their opponent, oh, he was just better than me on that night, I've seen people take ob objections to the the sort of disclaimer about on that night. But really, it is quite true. Oftentimes, guys don't get a lot. There's not a huge amount of times you can fight. So you get a real small sample size. And sometimes fights do mean that one guy is clearly superior than the other. Sometimes it's hard to know what they mean. Clearly, what it showed us was on the first night that they fought, A.J. McKee was certainly the better prepared for that moment and the better one who executed a game plan. But it doesn't necessarily mean that over time, if they had more fights, that he would be the guy who proved to be the best. This was Patricio's, I think, overall better night, although to your point, McKee did rally considerably, uh, having, much, having a, lot of, um, a lot of gusto, but, but not going too crazy with the risk in the fourth and the fifth. But still, the, it is true. Like, don't read. Get, it, sometimes people overreach in, term, in terms of what they read into the significance of wins and losses. This is a test case into, into recognizing sometimes people just have good moments, and that's all they are. We're going to make the same question and answer about the co-main event, the light heavyweight final, in a second. But I do want to ask you this straight up. If you're Scott Coker and Bellator Brass, I don't know if this was best case scenario, but it's great case scenario, meaning these are the two biggest stars, best fighters you've ever had under your banner, no disrespect to Michael Chandler. First time they gave you the highlight reel finish. Second time now we give you the aging fighter coming back and in, in putting on a, a vintage adjustment performance. Now we're going to most likely get a trilogy, and we can argue whether that trilogy should come next right away, don't pass go, or it should come a little bit down the road. Either way, you continue this storyline and the rivalry between these two, and I don't think this loss, and you saw the way McKee objected to the decision. I would, would have loved an interview. I think he walked right out of the cage afterwards, dejected. But I don't think this kills that stock of is McKee the next big thing in this sport. You gotta, you gotta go through, sometimes more than once, the legends to get over that hump. Mm -hmm. He went through them the first time, we ran back this rematch. If you're Bellator Brass, you're going, all right, uh, let's go to the trilogy. Let's do this. This is kind of a win-win in the end. Would they fight, would he really do three of those in a row? It's rare. It's not always advised in the promotional game because why rush and cash that ticket? But I think the, this was such a unique, perfect storm when they fought the first time last year, meaning that we were allowed to justifiably say this is the biggest fight in Bellator history. It, it has the most meaning. It's the two best fighters the promotion ever produced. And in this unique, special case, I think you do run that back a third time mm. right now because I think there are more questions that still need answered. And so, hey, Pitbull, the veteran, won this battle, but he didn't win the war yet. 
and, and the war is, is where the money's at and the sales, but even aside from that, storyline-wise, I can't wait to see what this third one looks like. Look. Yeah, I don't know if they would run it right back, but I agree it's a little bit hard to know where exactly you would go. Like, who would be the other person at 145 that has stood out in Bellator that you would... Well, you know what? Adam, well, okay, but then Aaron Pico gets into the conversation here a little bit as well. Not yet. Well, Not I, yet. I, don't, I don't want to pivot to him, but what I mean to say is if you don't go the direction of a third one right in a row, then you do have to figure out who fills that well, slot. Well, you'd have to look at the rankings, and it's not that there's not names there. I mean, we just had a, a featherweight World Grand Prix with elite names, and, and, and certainly uh, uh, I just think, look, this is hot right now. And I think, Luke, this fight despite what those fans were booing, it gave us that ebb and flow and those adjustments and the right. high-level performances that we needed. If you're, if you're uh, I won't say Aaron McKee, shout out to the old one Sixers. If you're AJ McKee, do you have a legitimate case, though, to say I got robbed? Okay, or, so, or they we, so, it? so we need to go through the scoring. Well, I want to ask you that. Yeah, yeah, but, but that's, that that's how I'm going to answer. We need to go because through. people are looking at this video, going, "Oh, BC, tough day to ski." You know, it's a you see, we, tough people, time to skip leg day. Look, I've been skipping leg day for 43 years because yeah. I've been working out my lethal weapon. Okay, my mind, let's okay? talk about the scoring here a little bit. Scoring round one, how do you score it? That I think is the is the big point of adjustment because you saw John McCarthy on the broadcast gave it to AJ McKee. I gave it to Pitbull. I thought that he did well to absorb the flashy strikes early from McKee and then made McKee chase, and it was the legwork in round one that has to go Pitbull's way. I can understand somebody giving it to McKee because he was flashy early, but if you, were, if you know what you're watching, and people say, I don't always know what I'm watching when I do these hipster scorecards, I think I got it, though. 10-9 Pitbull in round one. I had I think a 10-9 Pitbull in round one, but I do recognize that is the swing round, or a swing round, actually. There's a couple different ways you can go. I think that the case for Pitbull is stronger in round one by virtue of the... the um, amount and then the value of the leg kicks, but I recognize that that one's a little harder to call. Round two, that's a pit bull round, right? It's a big pit bull round. Yeah, it's a big pit bull round. Round three, that's a pit bull round for me as well. So round three, I think, will ultimately be the big swing one because here's what happened. Pitbull drops McKee, flash knockdown of sorts, but McKee instantly then takes chewing over. chewing him up before that too. Instantly takes over top position, and to credit, McKee started to work the ground upon a little bit, and that's when it created the, the crazy sequence of, of momentum shifts. And in that crazy sequence, you had attempt. Pitbull with that guillotine. He's the guillotine master. Now, obviously, maybe the bigger storyline is, holy shit, McKee got out of that? Yes. When, when nobody, that's the finishing move. And, you know, you hate when I bring pro wrestling references in here, but that's a freaking, the guillotine master, that's his finishing move, and McKee got out of it. But if you're going to score that round, even though McKee did have a few offensive moments after that, he did end up taking top position back. He did, for a brief second, almost have his own choke to close the round. The damage was done by Pitbull. Right. Let's talk about that guillotine for a second, because I, that, for me, that's a round for Pitbull, and I want to explain why that's a round for Pitbull. Here's the best approximation I can, I, I can have. People think that if someone applies a guillotine, even if it's close, if they escape, that, that somehow negates the efforts. Yeah, in other no, words, it's no. a binary question of did the guillotine work or did it not? That is not the question. The question is the same question you would ask of any piece of offense, which is what else happened in the round? And the, and, and the larger point is if you put someone in peril that way, it can strain their neck. It is certainly... Um, you know, uh, difficult to, to endure, right? It counts as meaningful offense. And if added to other things in the part of a round, can that be a deciding factor potentially in how a round is scored? Yes, it absolutely can. It can be actually one of the most significant things you score in a round, even if they fully escape. So then you add on top of that that he got sent to a knee from the strikes. That's a round for Pitbull for me. And I don't, the argument of the other way is not as strong as round one. 
do you have an issue with John McCarthy having it two to one Pipple entering the champ? I'm sorry, two to one McKee entering the championship rounds. Didn't have any issue with the round one scoring. Again, didn't see it that way. I saw it for Pipple, but I certainly recognize that that round is open for interpretation. Um, and I do recognize that round three is up for debate, but I would say, you know, and John, I think actually I would say John usually has really strong scorecards. I, not to say that I'm right and he's wrong. It's just my interpretation. Don't but. ask Al Joe about that, though. Well, it was a separate matter. But I guess I would say I was surprised. I was surprised because I did not see it. Sometimes you disagree with him on a rounder here or there. That was two rounds where I was like, really? Or did You were surprised too? I was a little bit surprised because, you know, then we transitioned to the championship rounds. John's got good judgment on that. And this brings in the same topic. Definitely Pitbull faded a bit in four and five. I wouldn't call it a full fade because I liked a lot of the moments he had in round five, even though I scored it for McKee. Yes. But that fourth round was A.J. McKee figuring out the distance as Pitbull was slowing down, and he started to piece him up, and I gave him round four. Problem is, that's the first round I'm giving McKee. If you're John McCarthy and you have McKee up two to one, right. that means you got to give him round four. Suddenly it's three to one McKee entering the fifth round. I get it's subjective, it's close, but I guess I'm happy in the end, Luke, that... First of all, it wasn't what I feel to be shenanigans. You couldn't have been a split decision. Maybe that would have been more justifiable. Okay, but I think top to bottom, even though I had it three to two, if you're doing by pride rules, Pitbull won this fight. So I'm happy to see that in, in any form, the three judges saw that too. Do you agree with that? Though? I do agree with that. I want, our I want your validation. Yeah, no, no, you're, it's a, it's a quite, quite right point. On my outfit. Less so. Did you not tell me that Mike Boner from MMA Junkie Pansy uh, on an airplane if you let him, right? <laughs> if it's consensual, right? <laughs> okay, Jesus Christ. Did you have to introduce that element of the conversation in? Fucking A, man. I'm trying to keep this job. <laughs> yeah. uh, did you not tell me that he tweeted that he had heard AJ McKee's corner told him going in from the fourth to the fifth that he had won all four? I believe that's what Team Body Shop was trying to say. I gotta tell you, that's I don't understand like, that. No. I, I, understand, I, I understand lying to your fighter to get a certain kind of performance from them. But that wouldn't make sense because you have to know that through four rounds, maybe you think he's up, maybe you think it's tied, I don't know. But it's competitive, and who the hell knows? Oh, yeah, That's bad. I, I, don't, I don't understand what response they were trying to yes. get from him by telling him that. And I thought that fifth round, I even tweeted that, uh, there was a lack of urgency from both with the fight on the line. Now, yes. that lack of urgency ties it into... It picked up a little bit at the okay, end. but I'm going to get to that. It ties into two things. One is stamina. They both gave a lot. Two is... They don't want to make a mistake. They've, you know, and this is why I like this fight so much. Anytime any opening or mistake is there, the other one's there to counter right away. So I didn't like that lack of urgency, although I get it. But that final minute, dude, they put it on each other. They yes. both went after it. Yes. There were swings. And they both got tagged. They both got hit with big shots. You're right. They fought the first like half, maybe three minutes, like they both had assumed they had it in the bag. Yeah. That's kind of how they were. But also, let's talk about this too. We're getting back to the scoring. And again, I, I think Patricio is the rightful winner. Although I understand that, you know, there, there's part, elements of that fight that are close. The scorecard four to one for Pitbull. I'm a little bit less. That's not a great scorecard either. Point. It's that's not a great, a great scorecard. That would have to mean that they, that they saw the fifth round for Pitbull, which isn't impossible because there wasn't a yeah. ton that happened yeah. until that final 90 seconds. But I thought McKee had done better leading yeah. up to that. Yeah. Okay. I, I guess I could maybe squint. Even then, my blind ass. And again, ass they're dealing see with shit. the crowd. Booing, you know, that was a, that was a little bit of a weird environment. Yeah, in there the were Showtime people here, and then we started talking. Yo, then they motherfucking left, bro. Yeah, they did. They did do that. <laughs> Yo, know, they just split. They was like, "Fuck these." Well, losers. then, look, I got to ask you the really hard question that I teased earlier and already gave my answer, which is this: <laughs> There was a. That's, that's a great way to have a comment. There was a lot of talk 
I even said it uh, on today's Morning Combat episode that we recorded right outside there in Texas Live. You know, McKee has that feel of like MMA's Tiger Woods or MMA's Mayweather. How much does this loss, and it's a razor-thin loss in, in, in the end, right? Uh, even with the unanimous decision, it's still in your mind either way, right? You could have gone either way to some degree. How much does that kill the buzz of this guy being the next big thing? I don't think it actually does much because I overall kind of liked A.J. McKee's performance and particularly his adjustments to what Pitbull was doing great. He's do still, I think he deserved to lose? Yes. Yeah. But he's also facing an all-time great. I mean, just one, one of the big differences is we know, obviously, let's just say it out loud, Patricio Pitbull is the king of the rematches. Right, that is what he is. He is the king of the rematches. Dude, we, we've said it all week. We said it in the lead-in to the first time they fought. Pedrisio Pitbull did not limp his way into the finals of that tournament. He beat the fuck out of everyone in front of him. And so we thought like that was going to be super competitive, and the first time it wasn't. This is a much better representation of why we were telling people who may be new to the Pitbull experience why you should expect excellence. Because, dude, his adaptability, his resilience... And to have the kind of fire to want to go back and compete after all the wars, the Koran wars, the golly, man, the the, the Daniel Strauss Stra, uh, wars, the Vice Koran, Koran right there? Yeah, I like that. Because I'm reading the Koran. No, I'm teasing. Um, but anyway, Pat Curran, Pat Curran, sorry. It's late. it's late. We just watched Bellator. But the point I'm trying to make is, you know, the guy has been through a, an element of the grind that... Yeah. Someone like AJ McKee, as talented as he is, hasn't even approached yet. That hasn't had the time to even do it. So that, that I think that experience also played a huge factor. But answer the question about AJ McKee. I don't think it's a major setback, but like I do wonder how it complicates. We should talk about it. You know, uh, his future with Bellator. What does this change? Where I don't know. He ends this is up? Because look, we were under the impression a lot of that is from speculation from Ariel Hawani, who who had a good interview with with AJ this last week, that maybe AJ was on. Fight one of the three fight extension added onto his deal from winning the championship. Does that change? Does that deal change when you lose the championship? Does he still have two more fights? Yes. Well, uh, under the old scale. You know what? I'm not sure how the contract extension works anymore. Um, I know that they can exercise for three, but they might have discretion in stopping that if they want. But I don't. Well, know. this I don't is know the reason true. why I, I don't. don't know if that's true. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't go over and above and say, oh, the, the, the stock of AJ is hit after this. I don't think it's really that hit. Here's why, Luke. He's, he's freaking great. He fought a guy who was fucking all-time great. Yep. And it's in play that AJ McKee makes adjustments, wins the trilogy against Pitbull to win back the title, oh, and then beats his brother one division up. That's still in play if he's got two more fights on his Bellator deal. So we have to see the rest of how AJ McKee plays out. But in terms of some of those questions we needed answered, five-run stamina, backbone, adjustments to what Pitbull's showing. Again, I thought he clearly lost a close fight, but I don't look at this as major setbacks. I think he's going to grow from this. I liked a lot of what I saw. Yeah. Am I crazy? Because Twitter's telling me, BC, you must be loving that Showtime money trying to say that was a fun fight to watch. I thought it was thrilling, elite-level entertainment. Yeah, I got to say, I didn't have any problem watching that fight. I mean, I understand that there were moments of relative inactivity, but you're watching two craftsmen work a game, like let it breathe a little yeah, bit. Yeah, do you here. go do you go to one of those old timey villages in old Williamsburg when like the blacksmith is showing you how it used to be and are you up there like critiquing his art? Like, oh can you can you make that shit a little bit faster? Just, when it's ready, listen, bitch. Not every scene of the movie can be the car chase. Not every scene. Yeah. Maybe many scenes could be the car chase, you know, but not all of them. You know what my wife would say if she was watching this right now? Mm. Two things. One, she'd be horrified at me wearing this in public. But two, she would say you should put a pillow under that laptop so you don't get ball cancer. Okay. 
Um, I will take that ball cancer consideration um, into account. Okay. Moving on back to the fights. Can we move on from our testicles, please? Quite literally. Um, getting back to the fight itself. I have, you know who is trending on Twitter? Our HR representative? <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. Volkanovsky. The name, yes. the name Volkanovsky yes. is trending on Twitter because I think a lot of people saw this performance and think, oh, Volkanovsky might whip up on both of them. Yeah, he might. Like, he probably is the best featherweight in the world. Um, dude, we don't know that. Okay, we, A, we don't know that. And B, even so, dude, being second to him, if, even if that was the case, would still make you a very excellent, high-level, elite, special talent. Look, like, whether you are collecting sh checks from Showtime or not, and thank you, they're fantastic, um, to kind of come out of that, which I saw a lot of tweets of, oh, man, this proves that Volkanovski would piss on these two, that these two wouldn't be top ten in the UFC. Get the fuck out of here. Okay, Luke? Yeah, I don't think he would urinate on the desk. No, that, I mean, seems, what are, that seems What are these, the R. Kelly tapes, Luke? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Luke, the thing is, this the thing is, I had some of my best material during the fight. See, that material worked when the Chappelle show was on TV. I don't know if that works anymore. Yo, we, they, we should have had a Calabasas companion filming this whole time, okay? Because I was bringing it, bro, all right? Dude, you were so fucking annoying. I, don't, I wanted to kill you, but okay. Uh, do you think Volkanovski beats him? Answer the question. Beats AJ McKee. Either right of them. right Either now, of them. I think we saw that AJ McKee is, is that dude. He's of the elite status, but you got to make some adjustments. You saw what happened out there. Would, would, would Volkanovski tomorrow? Yeah, I'd favor Volkanovski, but I don't know what would happen, Luke. I don't know what's going to happen when AJ McKee goes back to the lab, goes back to the damn body shop and looks at the tape and goes, okay, we thought we won. They didn't think we did. It was close. Right. Let's make it's going to be interesting to see what kind of lesson he takes from this. Yes. Because it's been nothing but, literally, it's been nothing but wins up until tonight. So what does a guy who's been accustomed to winning literally the entirety of his career do the first time he takes a loss, especially one that he didn't, in this case, obviously he didn't tap, he didn't get knocked out, so he didn't, he, he had to take the judgment of others. Um, he, that probably you know what is the great ones do? not great. The great ones like Pitbull do? They learn from it. You and I did the, re the resume review of, of the great Patricio Pitbull. How many times has he had that close, important loss on the come up or different levels of the come up and adjusted from it? If McKee is is the real, which I think he is, I think he still is. Hell yeah, I think he still is. He's going to adjust from this, and I think McKee should be favored entering into the trilogy. Yo, what if the real curse was that it curses the fighters to lose if they do the we do the resume review the first time they fight, but then you're undefeated in motherfucking rematches. <laughs> yeah, for the rest. Yeah, 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 I like that. I like. You know that. what I mean? I take that deal. That's yeah, a Faustian yeah. deal, but well, maybe it's not. But anyway, um, all right. So. How soon on the trilogy? Well, I got the list of I got the list of contenders. So we've got no we've got Patricio and AJ is one and two basically. Then you have Adam Boric who won just recently in his last See, fight. See, that's an interesting thing because well, let me finish. Mads Brunel and then Aaron Pico. So we'll get to Aaron Pico a little bit later. But this is a weird conversation about who you give a title shot to because Boric would seem like the natural contender, but I don't know that it's going to beat the market demand for a third one. I mean, could you do Boric against the champion uh, Pitbull and, God, and Pico against McKee? You wouldn't do Pico-McKee in a non-title situation, but imagine if you did that. Imagine if you did that doubleheader. For folks who may not know, they used to train together. I don't know if there's any bitter uh, or bad blood. I don't know if that's the case, but it would certainly create an interesting dynamic. E either way, great fights to come, but if, yeah, if you're Bellator, Luke, you, you got you to gotta run this back. You know what? Fight forever. You know? No, you don't. Just keep fighting. Just keep fighting each other. We'll do it on CBS one time. We'll do it on paper. We've done the Lifetime Channel right. right after the movies about bulimia. 
Did you grow up having to watch that shit like I did? Yeah, bro. I grew up at the same time of the, with the same fucking bullshit you did in schools. Yeah. I saw the Ben Affleck anti-steroid shit. I knew that was Yo, bullshit when I saw it. Did you see that Hallmark movie where Fred Savage put his hands on, uh, on DJ from Full House? Yo, and my town people were like celebrating that shit. I'm like, it is domestic violence. But they're like, no, that's fucking awesome, you know? Cause it was, cause it was like two childhood stars from our time. You okay. know? I don't know what like, savage, savage town of fucking abuse uh, cheerleaders you're you're from, but yeah. that no, I did not see that. Hard Scrabble, that's how I came up with. I, I think just trashy is really a better way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> you turn it into like working class tough. I think you're just you're just trash. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're just says, you're says just the, basura. Says the guy who got caught vaping on camera today <laughs> during a live broadcast. That was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so Luke, look, that's the main event, and it, it at least lived up, giving us a lot to talk about in, in some some elite level performances. <laughs> this co-main event, though. All right, here we go. Okay, the finals of the Poor light Corey heavyweight Anderson, World bro. Grand Prix. Mm. Only we didn't crown a, cha- a new champion either way. We didn't give away a million dollars, and we don't have a tournament winner. What we do have <laughs> is another big fight because you're going to have to run this back after with four officially four seconds left in round three. The fight gets stopped due to an accidental headbutt. Or I think three seconds left, even. It ended up being officially four. Okay. Corey Anderson dove in just as Nem- Vadim Nemkov, the defending champion, on the ground adjusted. It, it goes down like a spearing headbutt, massive cut. They bring in the doctor, and they stop the fight. Now, you're getting a lot of people going, man, if only the referee had presence of mind to know the situation. I think this goes back to that famous Julio Cesar Chavez versus Meldrick Taylor boxing fight with Richard Steele, the referee, where Meldrick Taylor gets dropped in round 12, and there's three seconds to go, but... Richard Steele doesn't like the look in Meldrick's eyes. He stops the fight, and it's this great victory. It doesn't matter the time. It matters what the referee or the doctor sees in that moment. And in that moment with four seconds left, and the difference is obviously if it goes four seconds more, it goes to the end of the third round. It's officially a fight. Corey Anderson would go to the scorecards, would probably be up two rounds to one, and would win the title. But, look, he would win the title, in my opinion, largely as the result of a headbutt, which came in the midst of a competitive fight. Fine. So I'm actually happy at the disappointing result of the no contest. Why? Because this matchup turned out to be a really fun fight with Vadim Nemkov controlling the first round and Anderson making those adjustments in two and three with his wrestling, with his gas tank. This was headed into the championship rounds. It was going to be a barn burner. I'd rather do it again, let it be its own main event. Scott Coker gets a, in wrestling, what they call a dusty finish. One of these, like, the result pulled out, you know, on the rug in the last minute. But guess what? We get to run it back again. Let that cut heal. We're gonna get we're gonna get business all over again. All right. I know it's not preferred. I know that shit. But Bellator's gonna benefit long term from it. True or false? Uh, long term, maybe. Short term, it definitely is. It, it might be a net win, but it would be just that a net win. Um, like like your choice to team up with me. Career-wise. Yeah, it's a <laughs> remains to be seen if it's a win. <laughs> it's a net something one way. There's a, definitely yeah. some trade offs being made. Yeah. All right, but the point I'm trying to make here is. Um, I don't. I, I guess we'll have to see how this, the, the rematch plays out and whatnot. It, it's not a disaster. It could have been, but it was. I wouldn't call it that for the reasons you articulated. But I think the thing that I feel, if this, maybe this is the best way to put it, because the rules are obscure and a little bit weird. We'll walk you through them here in a minute. I just feel like the strength of Corey's performance is unjustly. Uh, it's, it's, it, there's a failure to reward it with the result. The result does not speak to what the truth of the fight was, which was. Corey Anderson was prepared for this moment, and he looked to be running away with the fight potentially. Um, oh, well, can you hold the, with, the phone two, on running away, though? Running away is a little strong. He took control of the fight at the, not midpoint, but, you know. Yeah, but I want to make this point. 
here's why I think running away is, you're right, it's, it's an exaggeration. But I will say this. He controlled Nemkov in the ground in a way that I do not recall Phil Davis doing for longer stretches. That by itself was extremely – I don't know if folks appreciate this because I honestly don't know how many people have watched Nemkov. But, dude, trust me when I tell you, people don't do that to him very, very commonly. That was very uncommon. Long minutes, three minutes at a time, uh, that's, See, was, a, that's I was, unusual. I was very much anticipating before that cut what the fourth round was going to look like. I even said that out loud to you. I, I want to see what Nemkov has to adjust. I felt he was going to come out knowing that he needed the big round and would have got it on the feet because when they did strike – on 50-50 even terms, it wasn't 50-50 results. I thought Nemkov took control of that action. Obviously, it was Anderson bringing the fight to the ground that caused that momentum shift. But I didn't think Nemkov was going permanently in the wrong direction. I was waiting Fine, to see sure. that adjustment, which is yes. why I really want to see this rematch because both guys showed out. They there are it. certainly unsettled questions. I just mean, I didn't know. I, I was, to be honest, I'm a little surprised Corey Anderson was able to do it as easily as he did. That is, that is very impressive that he could do that. So I, I was actually kind of taken by surprise. But you're, you're right, fair point to that. One, one note I want to make about what the doctor did in stopping it. Different jurisdictions will have different doctors that would very much let that go. And I know you're, you've probably watched fights where you've seen cuts like this and been like, they kind of let this go. Right. But this doctor in California, San Jose, they have a very good commission there. They're going to get very good doctors. And they might get doctors who don't really give a shit what you want as a fight fan. And they're going to stop it based on a medical uh, basis. And that might be disappointing. And I'm not here to tell you you have to like it. But that's, it seemed to me that this doctor was making one decision and one decision only. Is this whatever medically troubling thing he saw there or not? It was, he called so it. So you're, you're, you would have been fine with the fight continuing? I, no. And give, I, give the corner man a chance to do his magic? I'll say this. I have, seen, I have seen fights where shit like that has gone on. Good or bad, I don't know, but it I did. mean, I could see Russia from my house through that cut. That's how deep it looked, okay? That's a, that's a deep Sarah Palin cut right there, right? I know you're a former Washington, D.C. speechwriter, so you can appreciate that bullshit <laughs> I can comedy, right? I can tell you about the Nalen Palin movie. Yeah. Oh, wow. I, see, this is the moment we went too far. I thought it was earlier. It's right now, though. Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, boy. You know? That's a famous movie. It's yeah. a very good movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she did all of Dallas, really? I mean, we're, we're here to find that out, right? right? I mean, come on. It's uh, Arlington, Texas, live. Hey, tomorrow night. Uh, Errol Spence Jr. Hold on, and, hold on, hold on, hold on. and uh, the other guy for for uh, pay per view gold. <laughs> I cannot wait, Luke. All right, let's right. get back to the let's get back to the the co main event here. Scoring round one for Nemkov, right? Yeah, you're right. Round one for, on the feet, very on the feet, very technical but heavy, heavy, Luke. Yeah, I thought I thought he did the overall better work. Um, round. We, we did ask the female members of our staff. I don't know if this is an HR violation if they felt okay, Nemkov we, was a striking male. No, the, sorry. When you say we, what you actually mean is only you. The answer were resounding yeah. yes. I did so, not. Yeah. I did not also take part in this informal poll of yours. In any event, um, round two, clear round for Corey Anderson. Round three, a clear round for Corey Anderson. But to your point as well, Nemkov showing some life at the end of the third to make you think had the fight continued, whether it not it should have or not, that potentially something another, another turn of the screw was possible. Um, was this tournament cursed, Luke? Because it was supposed to be Rumble bit, and Romero, and we never saw it. This is why turn, it's so funny now. I was, I've been doing a lot of thinking about this because I remember for so long when Bjorn Rebney really wanted tournaments done. And again, he did them a little bit differently. Um, and I think a lot of those guys got ground to a pulp in the way that he did it. But there was a lot of pushback on the, on the tournament model. 
Um, and for one of the reasons was for what unfolded here, which was the, even when the promoter puts their best foot forward, and there was certainly some successes from this, there's, it's just, they're, they're difficult to do. Yeah. They're difficult to do. There's so much injury, there's so much instability in fight promotion that they're just inherently I don't think it's difficult cursed. to do. Uh, okay, you didn't get the no, final it's not result cursed, you wanted. It, but they're difficult to execute cleanly. They just are. Remember Doesn't the, matter who puts them on. Do you remember the old Grand Prix had 50 Cent coming out with that large champagne bottle? Why did that, that gimmick stop? To present the $1 million check? Why does any gimmick stop? Sometimes gimmicks just stop. <laughs> it will keep winning like as many gimmick. awards this as we can. This gimmick will fucking stop. I guarantee you um, that. So look, we'll, we're, we're still going to get that answer in the end of who's the best light heavyweight in Bellator, which also might be who's the best is light Corey heavyweight Is Corey Anderson going to get his flowers if he goes in there and beats Nemkov in the rematch? Hell yeah, he will. Do people properly respect what that win oh, would Oh, no. Signify? Look, there, there, is, there can be a gap in this fan base between, as you always say, the MMA fans that only watch UFC and every other an organization actual MMA is, is second rate to them. If that, you only watch UFC, you are only a UFC fan. That's if just you're not, Corey Anderson, you come to, the, to Bellator on your own terms, getting out of your UFC deal with a, you know, a, despite the knockout loss on the way out, a winning record during that stretch, and you come into a tournament that has Vadim Nemkov, Ryan Bader, Phil Davis, forget Rumble and Romero, right? Like, and Machida, you come out of that as the champion and $1 million rich, you better get your flowers, bro. I mean, I get if you don't subscribe to the, oh, he might be the best 205er in the world. If you don't care about that debate, that's fine, okay? But give him his flowers for making the right career moves, for improving, for yes, finding out how correct. great he can be. This, if he can do it when they, when they rematch this again, if he can beat Nemkov right now, look at who Nemkov's beat and look at how he has done it, Luke. Yeah, I got to tell you, if he can do, go in there and do that again, it always seems like in modern MMA now you have to do everything. Anything big in MMA that really matters and is really difficult, you got to do twice. That's why Shab got to do it his twice. second stand-up special. You know what I mean? I mean okay. I, I mean, mean... Poppy Gringo's in the I house, mean, bro. I mean, okay, I mean, right? what, you know? what are... Okay. I mean, you know, you know, I try to play ball. You know, I do. I, I try, walk, I try to be. But walk come me on, out of here. I mean, come there on. are. Re- this ain't my being unreasonable. I mean, we're talking about fights here. <laughs> you, oh God, all right. You know, I love you, but sometimes I want to hit you in the head with a tire iron. Um, get do, you want, do you want to talk about that? Timothy Johnson slop fest we watched with Linton Vassellers. Oh, we'll, we'll, okay. we'll, we'll get to that here in just a minute. Uh, any other final thoughts on how Nemkov, he, he looked a little bit, like I said, there was panic on his well, face. There was going to be pressure on him in the championship he rounds. He was where he was feeling it. And changed the it. momentum of this fight. But I look, I, I think that's in him. He, he has the ability to grind if he needs to and make the adjustments. And, and look, you know, he could have easily come out in that fourth round and changed that. And suddenly you can have a 2-2 fight going into the fifth. So we'll see. They'll do it again a second time. I don't discount him at all. I don't take away from him. Sometimes these no contests are what they are, sort of a, you know, a detour, a bump, a speed bump on the way. All right. Also, the last thing I'd say is I don't have any real criticisms of Corey's performance. But on the ground, the way he was throwing grounded pound, like I don't think that that headbutt, you know, get, it was obviously accidental, but like, if your head is flailing in the way that his yeah. was, those are gonna happen a little bit more commonly. So, something to think about there. Like, I don't think that was just completely like, oh my god, how did this happen? Eh, that's kind of how that happens. All right, Aaron Pico at a 150 pound catchweight defeats Adley Edwards, who came in on extraordinarily short notice, less than two weeks. Hella punishment. Okay, dude, this um, that th- that, th- that third round did not need to happen. After the second round, here's my view. Let me see if you agree. Yeah. And I know you probably agree in boxing, but let's see if you agree in MMA. If a guy is coming in on short notice and is durable, but you can clearly tell is just it, it's going from he's being 
beaten up to now it's getting abusive. If they're coming in on short notice, I believe in throwing uh, the referee intervening or the corner intervening much earlier Hell yeah. by virtue of how already their chances of winning are poor. If you're taking a beating, dude, do not take a set. Here's my thing. Take a savage beating when it's a title fight. If, you have to, that's what, if that's what it requires, then that's what it requires. Do not take a savage beating on a fight you're filling in on on short notice. That makes no sense, especially kinda when like you're not the, competitive in it. Kind of like the Chris Moutinho fight against, uh, against Sugar Sean. Sean, right? he did it's not like, need to okay, go as long like, as it did. He proved how tough he is. He'll get another fight. Correct. We don't need that. Um, for some reason, oh, actually, I know the reason why boxing has seem, seemingly made a change in the last 10, 15 years. In, in what you're saying, being more merciful in those moments. Maybe because, look, the way boxing is set up, it, uh, you get deaths in the ring, you get some really sad situations, you see adjustments to that. I think MMA a little bit too much of hero culture still. So. A little too much. Yeah, there is. A little is. too much. But, but look. What can you say about Aaron Pico? He, he it was a last amazing. minute replacement. Is he ready for a title shot? Maybe not next, but, but you, you can't do this too, too, more, too much more because uh, although there wasn't a big challenge in terms of the threat of strike coming back at him, this is who Aaron Pico is now and should be in terms of the 2.0, leading wrestling first, when it, letting those hands go. His left hook to the body is a thing of beauty. It's a vicious shot, but he can just grind you out if needed as well, and his ground and pound is sensational. He's showing you, Luke, that he's ready for the top. I'm not yeah. saying rush him in there against Pitbull or McKee next, but, but like in the next year, we got to have a, a plan to get this guy the title shot. And, and Luke, when he gets to that point, win or lose, the fact that he got to that point after the disaster that was his first five or six pro fights, not, I'm, I'm going to tell you. You know, we see it in the NFL. We see a lot of those quarterback busts that get picked like third over, like Jamarcus Russell. Anybody who's Todd come Marinovich, through DC, anybody. You know, it's happened to Achilles Smith. You know, a lot of these, Ryan Leaf, all the DC quarterbacks, with the exception of Jason Campbell, who played his heart out, but the fans didn't appreciate him. Kirk, Cumber Kirk Cousins had better numbers than Campbell, if you can believe that, in DC. How do you like that? I don't. I think that they're both awful. I don't know what. Well, what I, just can't I don't know what my original point. Oh, it, my original point was, um, dude. Like we gotta give him his flowers, Aaron Pico, at, at this at this comeback. I know he's still in the midst of it, but but dude, he's doing the right things. He's saying the right things. And like Errol Spence, who bought a who bought a farm after the accident because he needed to he needed to structure himself. He knew the therapeutic value of horses. Aaron Pico moving to New Mexico. And fighting that horse, that horse Rocco, you know that, that you know that horse that I'm talking about, the one that had the fire hose underneath. <laughs> yeah, that changed him. That it could change a man. This is the stupidest show. <laughs> I cannot believe we get a paycheck. With that for how being said, is he title is. ready now? Is Fuck my life. Is what is he title ready now? Uh, okay, I'll say this. You got to give Aaron Pico a ton of credit. You also, I want to make sure we give credit to his coaching staff. I know Brandon Gibson, chief among them, but there's been many others as well. You want to talk about taking a guy who was maybe on the precipice of being ruined. I don't know if it's that bad, but he was in bad shape by the time they had to work with him. And man, I was talking to Danny Segura about this. Man, he made the most of a rebound. Wow. Yeah. That is how you build back. Now, you know, does that mean he's the perfect fighter? No one ever will be. There were things I saw tonight. Kind of when he begins to chase offense past the black line towards the fence line, there's still some lack of defense uh, that, that may eat him up eventually. But overall, this performance was razor sharp. They built this guy back brick by brick. Clearly, he has begun to put it all together. And that is not an automatic or easy thing to do, and they executed it. So credit to Aaron Pico, obviously, and, and, they're still and the whole building team. building it physically and mentally. And I say that because the post-fight interview, after beating late replacement guy tougher than he should have been, Pico's still talking about all those bad things people said about him. So he's still using that as yeah. motivation. Yeah. He's still trying to prove people wrong that he is maybe not 
the full incarnation of what we thought he was, the, the biggest M MMA, you know, the, the, the most hyped MMA prospect in history. But he still may be able to climb that mountain and become a world champion. I don't know about doing boxing and MMA at the same time, which sometimes he says No, that was kind of crazy at the time, and obviously in retrospect was almost silly. Um, but I will say I've never, I, I, I didn't, I got to say, when, I, when he was at the end of like the, the string of knock, getting stoppage, the, the, the knockouts and everything else, I did not know if a comeback was possible. Like yeah. it, it was at that point where I was like, yes, it is possible, but it is also 50-50 that this turns around. And they turned it around, man. It, the, the poise he shows in all the dimensions and then the savagery. This is the thing that stood out to me. Yes, he was fighting a guy on short notice. You cannot go, you, this does not tell us exactly his upper bound limits. But dude, you know what he fought with tonight? Just unmistakable confidence, yeah. unmistakable yep. belief in his offense. No doubt about it. He knew he could execute it, and he did. And that, I think that's why he was opening up with a lot of the body attacks, which, to your point, dude, he, he hits hard. And that guy stood there, but he kept delivering them. It's great and, performance. And, and I mentioned the move to New Mexico thing because, Luke, I think he's rebuilt himself on his own terms when the first version of him was very controlled by his dad, who was his manager. His dad was one that pushed him to go a division above for his pro debut at Bellator MSG, and he got submitted in seconds against uh, Ian Freeman. And it was, I think, you know, he got out of that shadow a bit. I mean, look at how Marvin Gaye's dad ruined his career. You're like an episode of Family Guy, only, like, much more pathetic. Like, you're just random jokes. Like, hey, remember that one time in high school when, like, you know, oh, you I want to make a joke you know at your expense so you bad. You know the first rule of improv? <laughs> BC, I'm not your motherfucking improv partner. <laughs> or maybe I am. Maybe, maybe I am. you are. Maybe, maybe this is are. my version of improv. Yeah, yeah, I guess maybe it is, that. Luke. Um, so we had a heavyweight slobber knocker to kick off the card. I got to ask you. Linton Vassal, Timothy Johnson. Timothy uh, Johnson. Very, very quickly, 421 around one, TKO. Timothy Johnson, floors, bloodies. Linton Vassell is all over him going for the finish. And then in like a span of seconds, the tables were turned and he got finished. Yeah. Was that an exciting fight or is that just sloppy heavyweight? I mean, I couldn't figure it out in the moment. Okay, okay. It's, it's, you know, it's like a salad. It's got a little bit of, uh, a little bit of heavyweight slop thrown in. Yeah. But I will say this. you got to give, um, by the way, two headbutts having an effect in two different fights tonight. It's just kind of crazy. But that aside, dude, that was a... That was impressive resilience from Linton Vassell. Timothy Johnson is a big, strong dude and was raining. Some, some of the shots looked, I'm not saying they're intentional, I'd have to go back and look, but they did look to be in suspect areas where not necessarily supposed to suffer offense. Anyway, even then, so a lot of them were I'm just saying, like, when the guys are moving, okay. it, things just happen in the course of ground and pound where you get hit in locations where maybe you shouldn't. I'm not, I'm not ascribing intentionality to it. In any event, he withstood all of that. And he was bleeding and everything and then turned it in an instant, flattened him out and got the finish. Dude, that is like, he did, that, that beating went on for a little while. I was impressed by his medal. In that well, moment. I was impressed that Vassell turned it around and then called for a title shot afterwards. When you look at the recent run he's had since moving back up to heavyweight. Yeah, let's go through it. I mean, it's not as if this belt or heavyweight division is deep. You know what I'm saying? Fedor's still a relevant Listen, name. He knocked out Timothy If you're Johnson. living Vassal, winning is winning. So what, where is he at in terms of... Okay, so he did lose to Valentin Modolski, who is, is he interim champ? Or he was champ? interim champ, and by the way, he called for a rematch with him if, if, if he can't get it. Though, okay, so. so then he the, he did lose that one. However, since then, um, he beat Sergei Karatanov via TKO. He beat Hani Marks via TKO. He beat Tyrell Fortune via split decision. Which is a good win because Fortune won Johnson. again tonight. Yeah. Uh, Fortune's coming on for, for a hope at a title Listen, shot. That's, that's as good as, a, those are yeah. good wins in the Bellator heavyweight division, yeah. Um, 
dude, Tim Johnson packing that lip around the scale on, on Friday. I just, uh, Thursday, I just love that shit, man. I just love that. <laughs> yeah, I bet you Do you think did. he shut down a public restroom within the last 10 years? <laughs> well, again, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. <laughs> yes, yes. So, g having given that very important disclaimer, yes. do I think that he has... I'm going to go with the yeah. I'm going to go on the yes side of this. Yes, one. yes, yeah. yes. You know, maybe on that trip to Moscow. By the way, he said that he, he only fought at, on, on even terms with Fedor because he wanted to bring excitement. You know, Fedor's homecoming to Russia. Yeah. But he wishes in hindsight he fought boring, you know? To, like, stick it to the Russians? or No, to beat Fedor and not get knocked out. You know, take the uh, I didn't know this down. was a political stance. No, 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 no. Just to win, there's yes, There's no politics on this show, Luke, except for the behind-the-scenes jostling between the two of us. Yes, that's about it, yeah. Um, and that was the card. That was an interesting and kind of insane card where these headbutts have an outsized role. Oh, did we fully explain on the headbutt uh, for the co-main event that had the fight gone... Yeah, we did. Four, Four more, seconds. more seconds. It would have been a full three rounds, and then the rules change about how it would score. But that's why I argued and said it's not the referee's job to, even if they know the situation. Right. The referee's job is not to do you a solid. The referee or the ringside doctor's job is if they see something that needs an instant judging on whether it's safe to go on, right. you make that call in that moment regardless of right. where you're at. So I right. get what you're saying, man. You know, wouldn't you have liked that to have gone? No, I wouldn't have liked that because then Anderson would have won the damn title on a damn headbutt. So this turned out... I don't say best case scenario, but decent, but good case scenario. All things considered, it did, yeah. Yeah, not, definitely not a disaster. Also, let me make one point. I do feel like this is a small thing, but it, it is an important thing for me. And maybe they'll see this, and so that's why I want to say this. I say this with no malice, but a genuine plea. It is time for Bellator to have an apparatus that is accessible to fans and media that goes over the stats of fights. You have five-round fights. You're calling you have, for a smart cage? I'm calling for a motherfucking smart cage I can call you an Uber home. <laughs> yeah. And maybe order you Amazon and all that shit. In all seriousness, you know, those main and co-main events tonight, those are world-class fighters. There needs to be some kind of stats database and coverage that makes the product more accessible. Um, and it's missing from Bellator. And it, it, for me, it is very frustrating because it would very much illuminate a lot of different conversations. Richard Manplug right here? He's one of the leaders in this game. Do you hear the words coming out of your mouth? <laughs> what? Because <laughs> I put man plug in the same sentence? It, you put Richard before it, actually. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah shout, um, out. shout out. Hey, We're five years old, by the way. It's showtime, by the way. What a weekend for combat sports, right? We got a big one tomorrow. Spence and Ugas. If you, if you know, then you know. It's for the uh, unified welterweight world championship. Three or four world titles. 9 p.m. Eastern showtime pay-per-view tomorrow night. But the action kicks off 7 p.m. Eastern. On Showtime. That's right. On Showtime's YouTube channel. That's right. A two-fight card to kick it off with your boy BC on the call inside that giant-ass AT&T stadium. That's cool, bro. You're going to call fights ringside in AT&T stadium. Dude, I am fired up, from that, fired up for that because the first few times I called fights was remotely in a closet. It was COVID, nobody in the arena. Was that for DAZN? Yeah, a couple other networks I've, I've called for. Um, and then even with Showtime, I... I uh, you know, I've done small crowds, not, not 60, 70,000 in the damn dome. So your boy BC is going to be fired up tomorrow. I think they're expecting 40 or 50. 40 or 50? Okay. Yeah. You're like the same. It, was this a very office moment? Like the, you know what I mean? Like the real David Brent kind of taking you down a peg? And now Sorry. this is where Luke says if you haven't seen the British office. No, this is where you say it, motherfucker. <laughs> I didn't say anything. Like Kurosawa, I make mad films. You know, there we go. You know? Well, I mean, you, you know, your, your selection of film choices is just so utterly. I'm so deep in neo-noir, dude. Did you ever see Nighthawks with Sly Stallone and Rucker Hauer? You did recommend that to me, and I've not seen it. Where is that? Where, where, where do I Good, get that? Bro. 
I, should, uh, I don't know, sorry, uh, probably check the Showtime app and then check some others too. Yo, but, look uh, at this crew, they want to get the fuck like, out of here. Yo, they're, yeah, yeah, that's true. All right, uh, well that is it for us. So we will be, uh, have, well, we will have a post-fight show tomorrow for Spence versus Ugas, so stick around for that. We'll go inside, over inside, inside AT&T Stadium. We, yeah. we, we, have, we have been told that we are inside the uh, AT&T Stadium. Now the question is, are we in the men's room? I don't know. I once did a CBS Sports HQ hit <laughs> at Madison Square Garden outside the men's room at a UFC card. <laughs> and as I'm wrapping up, you know, the, there's just drunk fan after drunk fan jumping in. It was just a debacle. Yeah, I've had a few. A few. Remember, we had fruit flies at. Uh, yeah, it was great. At, 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 what was that market called? Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It was at. Uh, I won't say the place, but. Right. It, it was at the Mohegan Sun. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. yeah. Just say the place. Yeah. yeah. Say the place. Great place. Great place to watch a fight. You know. <laughs> you know. Oh, fruit. Listen, if you're a fruit fly, yeah, a lot yeah. of singles there. A lot of singles. <laughs> it's like it's like ready to mingle. It's like singles fruit fly grinder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're ready to mingle. Yeah. All right. Yo, do That's, you believe in Spanish fly or is this too? This is like, you're such a fucking like, idiot. Yeah, well, well, it was a good plug for the Bill Cosby. <laughs> this dude's doc, imagining. Right? This dude's yeah. imagining cavemen riding dinosaurs, drinking fucking Red Bulls. <laughs> you are the worst human on earth. All right. Yeah. For Brian Campbell, I'm Luke Thomas. You know, the sound guy that we got, the local guy, fantastic. Fan- yeah, yeah, he's a, fantastic. Many of the locals Can are. Can you very put friendly. him on camera? Or we don't. We many don't do of the, no, no, no. You didn't. Don't 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 play games like that. All right, All right we got to get out of here. Uh, Brian Campbell, Luke Thomas. We'll see you guys tomorrow night for Spence Ugas. Enjoy the fights.